Season 4, Episode 4. Kachoo, Dusty and Krusty, for the love of power tools. It's time to put the lid on dust, Trage advocates. Engineered stone, silica exposures, this has all been in the media of late. The trio, Alan, Trage and Sarah, discuss who is vulnerable to these exposures. Alan argues the case that even when a business adheres to the workplace advisory exposure standards for restorable dust, it does not matter when evaluated by a regulator. Trade reminds us that dust is everywhere. Sarah begs the question then, are you an intentional designer or an accidental designer? She argues that making decisions that impact on workers and systems may cause accidental trade-off. She pays tribute to a friend and mentor, Peg Pennard of St. Louis, Obispo County. Enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Why Work podcast series. You are listening to Trace Vitkovsky, Sarah Pazell and Alan Girl. I want to talk about, well, I was thinking of W.S. Burroughs. Remember the American modern day poet and I was thinking of bug powder dust. This is how my mind works. Tell us uh, about it, Trish. Uh, well, I won't talk about Burroughs now, another one of my more modern favourites, but I do want to talk about dust. It's so funny, I thought of Burroughs. Kachu makes bug me want to sneeze. Dust. Yeah, go on. Burroughs, bug powder dust, and then dust. Kachu, yeah. <laughs> dust. And of course, there's been a lot of discussion about dust, of course, silica Respirable dust. dust, and yes. And so on. And I was thinking about someone I befriended on a plane, and now because this person works for Hilti, the upper end power tools, and Hilti have been doing a lot of work, Hilti, the power tool brand, a lot of work in improving. Um, and this is something right up your alley, Sarah, improving systems, in this case, dust-related harm. Mm. Uh, they also specialise in, obviously, noise and vibration, emerging technologies, just keeping harm to that lowest reasonably practicable point. And these tools are like the bee's knees of, of power Have tools. Have you got like, some Hilti in your, your garage? No, I, I don't do power tools, uh, not with not with butterfingers like this. However, <laughs> I respect others who are into uh, home renovations, etc. I know my limitations. Are you I, on a promise for some power tools just because you're no, 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 not at all, not at all. <laughs> However, I, I have the, Dr. Martin Sterling who provides some excellent webinars on how Hilti as the brand, again, we're not sponsored by Hilti, um, this particular entity goes about trying to make the work for those who use power tools, a safer place. I want more power tools. It's so empowering uh, for a woman to use power tools. Oh, I was so proud when I bought a, like a drill. That's, <laughs> like, a power, that's a great play on words, empowering power and You know, women. that's right. That's, I want, that's, and and yeah, my, cool. my lawn mower is like, yeah, go girl. <laughs> yeah, well look, power, power tools are great. I, yeah, but I know limitations and I don't use them. What about you, Alan? Are you a power tools kind of person? Well, you're I love power tools. Sarah, we yeah. need to go on a, a power tool adventure. Power tools? adventure the, at the, at I want or something. So, oh. Alan, can I ask your brand of power tool? Hilti, of course. No, I, I, don't, I don't have any Hilti power tools, so I don't oh, know what, what they're like. Uh, I'm sure like they're excellent. Money no, to go no, shopping yeah, now. Google, no, no, these things rock. But, yeah. but what I'm impressed by this particular company is just the level of education going out there. And it got me thinking about dust. So you're using the expression dust loosely. You're referring to respirable fibres or, or particles. Nanoparticles. Where, you know, Silica exposures. No, yeah, no, stop. Yeah, I am using the word dust loosely because there is dust in timber, dust in marble. We're probably yeah. inhaling dust right now, a certain type of dust. 
Oh, right. So the engineered stone arguments it's about we've got to wipe out all engineered stone. I'm like, yeah. well, does that mean we get rid of all concrete? And what are we talking about? It's in the Earth's crust, so I'm told, silica. But my point is, well, you go to the beach and that's silica. It's dust. At least in Queensland. Yeah, exactly. So my point, it's everywhere. It's on the Earth. So I would prefer the conversation around a person who's going to be cutting stuff with power tools mm. is probably going to expose him or herself or themselves to dust. So why don't we focus on inventing and emerging, improving the process, the systems, the protocols, the supervision, the prosecution. I'm all for all that to make sure that we all've all got a lid on the no pun intended we've got a lid on the dust okay so this is comparable to my discussion about psychosocial hazards who's vulnerable and why and which work system causes those vulnerabilities and why rather than addressing all things to all people where any dust everywhere right yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking about in the psychosocial space as well for uh, workplace risk management yeah so, yeah, so, so you can't yeah, do everything for all so what's the real problem how is it contextualized yeah so what I'm saying is so don't Demonize, for example, one specific uh, uh, dust-related one one yeah. nanoparticle. Don't. I'm not referring to legacy stuff like asbestos, etc. No, I'm talking about the here and the now. Mm -hmm. So, so don't demonize the one, but let's understand the. And we do understand to the extent the inherent dangers, obviously, with the respiratory-related illnesses. But let's be a little bit more pragmatic and anticipatory in how we approach this broader rubric mm. dust and w let's see how we can make things better in terms of how do we contain it and that's what I want where the conversation well, I, think, I think the technology is developing to yeah. have better containment but one of the problems at least from a prosecution perspective is that there's there's no clearly defined point where you can say um, I'm complying with the law and, yeah. and I won't get prosecuted now there'll be people in the audience right now they'd say oh, Alan that's the work um, Work, work exposure um, standard and workplace exposure standard, but that's not the case. So I've got a I'm, I'm looking after a company at the moment that's been prosecuted, and the regulator in that case, it's the New South Wales regulator, is saying that if you don't do everything possible. Uh, you're not doing everything that's reasonably practical and therefore the WES doesn't matter or the workplace exposure standard doesn't matter. Mm. So for my client, they're saying, but we were well below the WES, but the regulator's saying you still didn't do everything you could do, so therefore you've committed an offence. Mm. What does that mean? That means you've got to be thinking about masks, you know, respiration devices, you've got to be thinking about wetting down, you've got to be thinking mm. about vacuuming, which is where your yes. your clients' yes. uh, tools are going to be so important. Yes. Um, you've got to be thinking about ventilation, you've got to be thinking about the products you're cutting. Yep. And if the discussion's about engineered stone, it's it's sort of narrows the scope of the conversation, but but we're not staying at engineers' stone. We're no. talking about concrete. We're talking about timber. dirt roads, timber. Marble. Mm -hmm. Not so much in Australia yet. The, the conversation about timber is mainly in the UK. Yeah. But it's not a conversation. It's coming. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. But if you're operating a quarry, we're talking quarry. about the dirt roads. Yeah. We're, we're, so many different things that produce dust. You, you're asking about vulnerable people. Well, if you walk through the city and they're mm. cutting concrete, It'll be hundreds of people walking past that workplace mm -hmm. really who are breathing in the, the concrete dust. Okay, so the term that I use generally in work design is 
are you an intentional designer or are you an accidental designer? And let me just throw this past you because if you're an accidental designer, you're making a decision that impacts on people's work, but it may be, you know, not robust, not think about the entire life cycle of that worker or that product and that system. And there are consequences of decisions that you make that you've not considered the fallout from, the how to mitigate this. So a lot of people are making decisions in a workplace, but they're almost accidental designers versus intentional design. And I think mm -hmm. what you're talking about is sometimes these funny rules, regulations that come out as almost being an accidental designer, but they didn't really think about the massive impact of that mm -hmm. decision. And you can apply that to respirable dust, you can apply that to psychosocial manual tasks, you can talk, talk about the uh, high consequence material unwanted events management, you, you apply that to many things. Are you an accidental designer or are you an intentional designer? Yeah, because there's so much reaction and, and, and often the state is very quick to respond and react and so obviously that's sometimes relevant and immediate intervention. But then the conversation sort of dies down to the next the next crisis, the next issue, next or next fad, next or next fad. political cycle, That's right. call it what you will. But for those who are still in that industry, and in this case, those involved in, in construction and other aspects, uh, that concern still remains. So I would rather the debate be more holistic or integrated, like a whole of design approach about how irrespective of what task it is that you're doing, there will be exposure. And then you, of course, rank the level of exposure and you respond with, well, let's use specific technologies mm. and well, let's opt in with industry to try and help. That's well, another thing. Well, I'd well, like I think to most, see that. most uh, bigger businesses would um, not be concerned about safety standards improving and improving over time. Mm. But what they want is they want certainty. They want to know that if they're doing they want to know that they can mm. demonstrate without doubt that they're complying with the law. Mm. Um, it's not really about what's required of them. It's being able to say, I'm doing everything that I'm required to do to satisfy the law. It wouldn't it be nice if it was more, more, Beyond more that, than that? Not yeah. just to satisfy the law, not just to pass yeah. an audit, right? It's, but how are you really constructing good design, full stop? And then it's assumed that the C-suite will go, yeah, this is great and the world will be a better place. But Alan, you and I know we're, we're, we're old, uh, crusty. We're, we're crusty enough today. We're see, see, we've been around yeah, the, the oceans around a few times. There. We're off to know. Just, I just want to clarify, I am not crusty. All right, all right. And, I don't know, I old. call you guys, remember that term, I called you guys legal counsel and uh, my universe right. gets to be design counsel. Yeah, all right. We're, we're seasoned seafarers on the voyage Season. that is Ooh. the law, right? Yeah, not the, the journey, sea, but the, the voyage. Yeah, yeah. taking us back on the journey. No, 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 I like voyage better. Voyage, voyage, right? Voyage. Okay, but here we are on the ship of fools, uh, which is the the ocean that is the law. And really, the as you said before, and I really have to agree unequivocally: Are we complying? How do we know we're not going to be prosecuted? We're not going to be in trouble? Mm. And there's a disconnect. No. So much in research in OHS, yeah. and, and I graduate OHS yeah. students. Yeah, and here is it. And there's nothing dusty about Sarah. And there's nothing dusty oh, or days. crusty about Sarah. <laughs> some days. <laughs> and, and this is a big night. There's nothing dusty or crusty. Well, <laughs> and it's like, look, look at how great this can be improved. Here's the evidence and the data, and they'd go, yes, but will we get in trouble? Well, I think I think dust is a wonderful example because yeah. you can you can 
you can there's no end to what you can do no. so you, oh, as they say the end is you've got people in moon suits no the end is ashes to ashes dust to dust <laughs> so the, it's um, the alpha and the and, omega and, yeah, yeah. It's dust. what do you guys think so, about some of the screening tools because I hear people say the screening tools look like they're great the technology that audits but in fact sometimes they're not contextualized to the task that you're doing and, and uh, there are some problems with some of the detection technology as well like they put it in the cab of an operator or something in mobile plans there's, there's also real problems about the formula they use so they Thank use you. the eight weeks um yeah. averaged exposures exposure. yeah. and um that's often not a true reflection of what's happening in Thank the workplace yeah it might be that um the workers are exposed to five minutes of exposure at yes. a time they're not exposed to eight weeks exposure yeah. and so think i'm more interested in that acute task I'm going to cut a bench, going mm. to cut a slab mm. of concrete, concrete floor, con- concrete floor. Top. I'm going to cut the perfect. I'm going to be working in a tunnel, which is made out of concrete, and that's right. what everything that right. includes. I recall when um, marble tiles were, were being laid for for the uh, bathroom extension in your home. Yeah, Renee miscalculated the price. It was not per square. Wife number two. All right. Wife <laughs> number one. Oh, there is only one. It's the one and two. All right, one number 12. We love you, one, Renee. But, uh, the, yeah, so I, I recall specifically that, no, and this is just a slight digression, the, she thought it was, because you know when you buy tiles, it's trash. Trash, I want a second. Marble bathroom. Yeah, the black BMW. The black BMW. How do you afford all of this? Listen, listen, no, I digress. I shouldn't. I really shouldn't have. I shouldn't have introduced this, but it's too late now. So, You're here. So, have you ever look when you buy tiles, right? You buy per square uh, meter. Meter. Yeah. Meter. Right. Well, that's what Renee thought. I thought oh, it's a really good price. It was per oh, because there were nine hundred mils or something, yeah. ten centimeters or something. Oh, so yeah, it, yeah, just add another zero to the uh, to the quote, and it was like, no. Oh, so anyway, she signed the dotted line. <laughs> well, now she had time to think about it. This, oh no, it's a good bathroom. We'll just do it. That's that that, that, that that's how. So you do got it. the marble tiles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you Remember the dog time. fence? What did the dog fence oh, yeah, cost yeah, yeah. you? The dog was three fifty, right. but the fence was like twenty one thousand. Have you seen the fence? Oh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a hell of a fence. It's a hell of a fence. I think it's a hell of a bathroom now too. Oh yeah, yeah. But all I remember was this poor fellow who, you know, he had to cut these very, very finicky tiles. He's cutting away. Dust was just flying everywhere, and it just struck me. So oh, it's, it's those. It's those as a guys. Are you liable? Because no, they're I wasn't. P- no, to... not the PCBU. The right. builder was, but the builder then subcontracting is that murky. Exactly. Uh, no, no, definitely not a nano builder. No, no, no. Just for the record. No, no. like I said, not into power tools. No, not into heavy lifting. Nah. Wanna be empowered. Sarah is wanna be into yeah. power Sarah's tools a for the record. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this could be good. But it, so but it was funny, the dust and it struck me that how are, how are you gonna enforce that? How are you gonna police here he is, a tiler or a young probably got his apprentice doing it. Well the tools are getting away. so much better because mm. a lot of them have vacuums on them. And that's so the answer. Mm. Yeah, and, and the answer well, is it helps. Uh, you mean it extraction helps. systems, right? Yes. Right. Yeah, look, okay. It helps because I don't think we're going to I guess the point I'm making in this and this might be controversial controversial to some of our listeners with certain leanings <laughs> you are not going to escape dust and you're not going to escape anxiety yeah, yeah, on humans like, in the workplace to be escape anxious to, is to live yeah, to, to be anxious to live. is to be anxious that's right <laughs> to be right. Be, you're not living exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. i've been dusty a few times now look <laughs> my point is this yeah Anxious, yep, tick that box. Two things are certain in life, anxiety and dust. All right. And I'm telling you this. Death and taxes uh, otherwise, and law- lawyers. Tell it, right. there is dust on earth. We live with it. 
Now let's minimise as much of this acute exposure as we possibly For can. For those who are most vulnerable to... Exactly. Yeah. And why are why they vulnerable? I just want Sorry. us to think like that as a society. Say, you know what, dust this around. Okay. I think we should say that about lots of risks. Yes, that's, that's what I'm saying. Achieving it's just zero like a is really impossible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's so easy to say, band, right. and I appreciate some people have sustained and, and are suffering some yeah, injury. Yeah, a horrible way to die. I understand that. Mm. Just as much as any other catastrophic event, such as yeah, death by drowning through a, in a non-respiratory environment, let's see if we can minimise it to almost zero. That'd be wonderful. And shit, which work. shit happens, yeah. And it And does. when you talk about zero harm, I have a statement here from a, a girlfriend who used to be County Board of Supervisor in San Luis Obispo and the County Mayor in San Luis Obispo, California. So Very American. dear friend of mine, Peg Pennard. And uh, like she was... Peg. I like the Peg. name. And no, she was like responsible for... You don't have many pegs here. No. Is that an American yeah, name? American. Margaret and is what it would come from. The whole Margaret. county thing. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> You know, it was just well, we have, we've got great wineries all throughout yeah. Cal- California. Yeah. Oh, you have to. You, yes, Chardonnay. that's right. It's very nice. I've got a California Chardonnay. <laughs> in the Thank you, you know, in San Luis Obispo County, I digress, yeah. but there's, you know, Penfolds actually has a winery. Wow. I'd, I'd ride my bike past a Penfolds winery in San Luis well, Obispo, California. Wow. Go figure. Okay, sorry. Tell anyway, me about Peg. Okay, Peg, Peg. Peg is marvelous. Peg was responsible for a lot of advocacy in the county so she helped with a oil spill cleanup she helped cool. galvanize the community response um, we need more pigs. she was in the peace corps right you know yeah. so this is this kind of person who passionately believes in something and then puts her money where her mouth is yeah. and, and invests i have uh, a colleague of mine uh from the mining community says mm. to me you know i asked do you have bacon and eggs on the on the plate you know and we want to find out what did the chickens give but what did the pig give i want to know if there are enough pigs in the room right chickens just laid some few eggs right that was easy for them but who gave up some skin right so peg penard's that skin giver she's, yeah, okay. she's got much she she brings it yeah okay brings skin to the game <laughs> yeah some she, pork right yep oh, i know okay. where you're going with that Pe- no, Pe- no no that's no that sounds horrible that's no pepper. no that's pepper pig that's pepper in america Poor yeah pig. that's right there's a there's a little cartoon in australia called pepper pig right yeah, all, the, all pig. the three yeah, toddlers yeah, yeah. love it peg <laughs> Is it UK yeah, or whatever? Pig, yeah. Definitely not American. No, she, helped, she helped uh, galvanize the community to combat an oil spill yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, huge advocacy. But the topic that's in mind right now, based on what you were talking about, is smoking ordinances. Okay. Mm. And Peg uh, wrote to me, and we were talking about how she helped institute what became Western world legislation around smoking ordinances in public spaces, right? Peg Pinard. Peg. Yep, Peg Pinard, the County Board of Supervisor, past County Board of Supervisor, and also the mayor in San Luis Obispo, California. She talked about zero harm policy, and this is what you were talking about oh. with the exposure to respirable dust, right? Yeah. How and, and the whole issue of how on earth do you tackle something like a zero harm agenda? And she said the problem with zero harm is that it's, you know, almost like you have to prove that harm exists first and then have to walk it back. And it's often hard to do when harm could be something related to a long-term effect like, you know, sound, acoustics, noise exposures. And, mm. and you're talking also about respirable dust, the yeah. acute versus the cumulative exposures. And that's sometimes something hard to do. What helped her in some of the uh, institution of smoking ordinances is that they came across the... Uh, 
the the producers of cigarettes had they came across their own documents that had research already arguing and proving that harm exists so mm. once you can identify that but that was the clincher for them to get some of these ordinances across and they had um, ordinances to prevent smoking in public places so you can't ban smoking but you can prevent it so that those who might be vulnerable aren't exposed prevent the sale of cigarettes tobacco remember you could get it from machines before yep. vending machines so they they stopped yep. that ceased that and there were ordinances about uh children buying cigarettes yep. you know the restrictions there and how i mean how phenomenal to say that you were responsible for something that changed mm. the landscape the legal landscape in the social world in the western world right yeah especially on peak 1992, yeah, like the, the city, of, uh, the Aaron Brockovich, that's of, right, of, of smoking smoke. in, um, let's see, in... But that's a great wait, example wait. of, like, um, yeah, the advocacy, as you said, that, you know, people power and... Phenomenal, and it's, right? It's an environmental concern, definitely a health concern, and saying, you know what, how can we acknowledge this harm and then use that evidence to shape attitudes yep. and influence beliefs. Because you were going against some powerful companies there, right? Some powerful companies. So uh, in 1990, the city in San Luis Obispo prohibited smoking in public places, including bars and restaurants, and they were, to their knowledge, the first municipality in the world to do so. Is this Pegs? Peg Pinard. Yeah. In 1992, wow. the city passed an ordinance prohibiting the sale of cigarettes or other tobacco products from vending machines. Wow. And in 1997, the city passed the ordinance which prohibited the sale of tobacco products to minors and self-service displays which of tobacco is, products. Which is, is, when you think about, like, you've got the shutters, yes. so grey, the cigarette advertising, you've got the, the, the shutters in the tobacconists where mm. they open them up. Once you ask what it is that you need, they've got them behind so you can't see them. There are no visual displays. Mm -hmm. So all of these ripple effects. Ripple effects. And in 2010, the Comprehensive No Smoking Ordinance. And now this has relevance because like your Crown Casino here in Australia, mm. uh, recently a waiter sued for secondhand smoke, causing them lung cancer. Secondary smoke. Yeah. Look, I, I think a media report. I don't Melbourne. Know it's yeah. been reported. I think it's going through the courts. Do you know about that one, Alan? No, I don't. I don't. No, um, it's in the media. October, uh, September, 12th of September, yeah. 2023 is an article. I saw a waiter mm. with terminal lung cancer suing Melbourne's Crown Casino. And again, mm. it's one of those difficult things to talk about, the cumulative exposure, right? Mm. Alleging in court documents that his job in the venue's high rollers room where smoking was permitted has contributed to this condition. Metastatic yeah. lung cancer in 2020, six years after he began working full-time in the mahogany room the mahogany room sounds rich and you know yeah. uh, those kinds of dark yeah. colors and i can almost picture the smoke just calling it the mahogany room yeah, the, 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 the takeaway for that is those actions and reactions and that just chipping away at changing the mindset so you know with the smoking you know mm. the, change the room mm. distance mm. where you have smoke smoking indoors prohibited and so on and so forth having all the different vending machine you know directions all those ordinances that is definitely proactive to know that we've got the evidence to show that this stuff is harmful people are going to keep smoking Mm. You're just going to smoke awareness. So you've got to look at, I guess you guys have to argue, you smoke. guys, plural meaning lawyers everywhere, have to argue negligence, right? Where where it was kind of known exposures yeah. that caused 
or ought or to have known, ought no, to have known, it caused, it materially contributed to whatever state mm. of, of existence mm. of being. So those kinds of arguments to say yeah. there was no, you know, no other way that this person likely got this other than their work. Is that what you'd have to argue? Well, there's reasonable, you know, on the balance of probabilities. In Australia, it says, according to this media report, uh, that smoking in indoor public spaces, an ordinance was created. It was banned in 2007. Yet the Crown and the government continued to expose hundreds of workers and regular patrons to tobacco smoke for well over a decade. That's what this report Mm. says, this Mm. article, Mm. news article. Yeah, it's probably why, I guess, there's absolutely zero tolerance in any... Are you, Alan, in all your visits to um, various workplaces for work, are there any smoking zones in any of the... Yes, they do. They they do have them, But but it'll be positioned far away from the... So they might have a little um, little hut where people can go. Like a smoker's hut, yeah, like the airports in Dubai or whatever, you've got the uh, camel sponsored smoking hut and it's like just this poof of, of just... Like just an Australia smoke, Zoo. On fire. They, yeah. they have this yeah. little it's cubicle and it lo- makes the people look like the zoo animals that can go there to smoke, right? Yeah, 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 little, and, is, and you yeah. walk past and it's like they're, they're the zoo like, animals. Yeah, I think it's one in Germany as well. It's really? Like, and all it is is just like grey because everyone's Poof. in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all sealed, like all the doors are all in there inhaling Secondary, tertiary, you name it. Yeah, it's primary right. smoke. It's all going in. You want uh, it, you're exposed to it. So, Sarah, when you, obviously, you, you travel far and wide, excluding your international explorations, just Australia, do they have little sort of smoking huts when well, you go to the mines and other things? Do they have little uh, smoko? Because we still say smoko. They still say going for smoko. And what that means where, where for, for, for our American listeners, when you say it's smoko time, it's yeah. funny that that's still in the vernacular. Of course A it is, smoko yeah. is actually your break to go have your meal, your snack, your coffee, your tea, but it's called a smoko. Yeah. So, and so we that's that's funny. It's in the in the yeah, yeah. indoctrined in language, right? Mm-hmm. So in the mines, where do they have little smoko rooms, little breakout rooms? People little go smoke. outside. People so, go outside, smoking, maybe outside yeah. a crib room or something. Yeah, yeah that That's, happens a lot. They're just outside yeah. a crib room. Yeah, a so crib room meaning you smoke in the mine itself. No, 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 no. Don't you remember there was a prosecution about that? Really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An employee was prosecuted for smoking in the mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. So, so Peg was very influential in my life. When I worked, you know, I've had many lives and working life, and one of my jobs was uh, first in rehab management, and then almost by default, I became the executive director, first temporarily and then long term of a of a, a community home care center, uh, more because there was a blowout originally between the original executive director and the director of nursing. They needed somebody to step in, so here I was, I stepped in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but managed to turn a lot of things around in that company, and my contact with Peg started then. So I found in some material, in a small memo, there was something reported about the county community health centers about to be handed over to another private entity. They were about to disband the community services. And it was like almost like a little file note, like a little little subtext somewhere. I'm like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't that important? So I thought I'm going to go find out more about this. I was in the business managing community health care. And I asked for a meeting from another board of supervisor and they refused my meeting. And I thought, what? I'm just trying to find out more as a citizen. So I went to, at this time, Peg was no longer mayor. She was county board of supervisor. So I knocked on her door and 
she gracefully accepted me to have a meeting and I, I met this woman and I told her what was going on and she said hang on a minute what mm. so county staff had not alerted the Board of Supervisors about a divestiture of mm. county assets and services for the community health care. And she said, all right, tell you what, sister, there is a meeting, a community forum once a month. I would ask you to please come to this meeting, but I'm going to let you know that should you stir this pot and this gets taken up and maybe there becomes a change in business and you vie for that business, you're unlikely to get that business because mm. you've stirred the pot. And I was like, oh, challenge on, bring it, right? I've lost it. No, either yeah, way, we weren't going to be a contender. It was going to go somewhere else. So yeah. I thought, oh, okay. So I came to this public meeting and she said, and you need to do it with a bit of a plum. You need to do it with a little bit of drama, right? I'm like, bring signs, look a little bit obnoxious. Good. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was probably in my uh, mid to late 20s then, and I had a big job role, but still, this was all, you know, fairly new for me to take on the government. Goodness, right? <laughs> or to take on a big mm. community issue. But, you know, hey, I'm game. It's a good life experience. Let's go. So I show up at this, this Board of Supervisors meeting, and when it came around to community time, I stood there with a little sign, you know, curious about the divestiture of the county board, uh, county community home services, asked the question, Boom! It got silent, and it was such a what, 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 what response from the administration. The staff had to come up and answer to this, and then it got tabled on the agenda for next month's meeting. So, the meeting I attended was sort of sparsely populated. Had a few people, you know, some of the people in the community that come every week because they're complaining about the dogs or whatever they complain about, and then next month's standing room only tickets line out the door and the media showed up about the home care divestiture so peg's like one of those people that's like okay bring it if there's an issue we're gonna tackle it but get ready for the ride and she taught me a lot about that but uh i learned from her strength and found my inner strength in this and yes it completely changed the course of history in that divestiture of that community home care they were no longer allowed to proceed with their plans they had mm. to go out to public tender you know uh, yeah. et cetera et cetera and the whole process the the issue of due process was challenged mm -hmm. so you have to be that strong if you're going to clean up an oil spill in a community if you're yeah. going to take on a smoking ordinance against very powerful tobacco uh, manufacturers yeah. and commercial entities and you're going to take on something like you know big county resources you, you've got to be a strong character don't you yeah and look at a you know, less dramatic context a good um, health and safety representative mm. the, the key takeaway for me was that invested if they are invested in concerns at the workplace um, what a good HSR would bring is that passion and that commitment to at least upstream what's going on on the floor to the committee. And yeah. often, I think you do need that conviction. So your friend Peg has that conviction and at a huge a, level. There's we're a price to pay for that level yeah, of conviction, yeah. that commitment, right? Having having skin in the game, ha yeah. you know, being the the pig that donuts the bacon versus the chicken that just lays a few eggs. That's not much. Not, that, that's from Tony Egan and, yeah. and the Earth Moving Equipment Safety Roundtable. So basically, <laughs> basically, basically, oh, I see. Right? One's making the sacrifice, Who, and the how, other one lives another. And another one is you lay uh, a few eggs, but it wasn't that much commitment, right? across really, the road yeah yeah still you can still walk across the road and lay a few more eggs wherever you want right <laughs> did you get that so why did the chicken cross so, the road 
So, I mean, yeah, but, we get, but, I get it. Gosh, yeah. there's problems with whistleblowing, isn't there, in Australia? Yeah, like, yeah we don't. Let's not. Yeah. Tony Hoffman, ooh. the nurse who dealt with Dr. Death, uh, the doctor from Bundaberg Hospital, oh, who never yes. was properly credentialed right. and had was escaping uh, complaints about poor surgical outcomes in the in oh, the Bundaberg. US. Oh yeah, yeah, Dr. Patel. Giant Patel. Yeah, Patel's case. Well, yes. it, more massively case, affected the nurse who you said is the heart and soul of an organization yeah. tony hoffman's life mm. yeah whistleblowing it's i mean it's, it's for another day where we're we're, uh, we're getting drained here very real though but it's very, very real. real but anyway for another time trade sarah and alan and if you really enjoyed this show share this with a friend Submit your five-star rating on your favourite podcast streaming service. Keep listening and send in your stories. You can email us at hello at whywork.com.au and, of course, sign in to our newsletter. You can head straight to our website at www.whywork.com.au. We can't wait to learn about the trouble you've seen in the workplace. And remember, none of the things we've talked about today should be construed as legal advice or any other type of advice. We're just here to talk about all things related to work and we hope you enjoy it as much as we do. We love it. See you next time. Stop.